Okay. Whoa, it's Friday. Anything's liable to happen here. Don't mind my screen. Don't even look at it. It's doing its own thing. I don't know why. I think I need to probably take it, Harry, to uh to Best Buy and let and say, there's something wrong with my monitor. I think I'll do that. The last time I took my damn desktop to them, a freak hurricane came, tornado came through and tore up the building, and I lost my beautiful laptop and my desktop. They replaced it, but still, I'm a little squeamish. Good morning. If you just tuned in around 9 o'clock, you got me, Babs Rolls Ivy. Welcome to Love, Babs, Love, Talk. Hey, Harry, no word on the street on Fridays because, you know, Paul is Jewish. <laughs> and Fridays are sacred to that. So, <laughs> so he's not joining us this morning. So you're not going to be able to get your word on the street fixed. But come back Monday. We'll be sure to be here for you. Last night was fun. I had a good time last night. I did a lot of things. Uh, I ran over to the, uh, the inner city newspaper is out, by the way, so it should be hitting the streets. And we have a digital version that I send around. So you can go follow us on Facebook and Twitter and all the places. So, uh, you know, do that. But anyway, uh, so I ran over to uh, uh, Possible Futures Bookstore and hung out there. My friend Ann Mazzaro sent some beautiful buttons. So I'm going to figure out some things to uh, to do and uh, make some, we're going to stream some more buttons. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> we're going to do that. Uh, and beyond that, uh, I was there. Then I ran over to um, Liberation Table hosted by, uh, y'all know Hillary. So Paul Bryant Hudson had some, uh, had a had a Liberation Table event at uh, D- Dwight Hall, because he works, he runs Dwight Hall over there. Um, and so it was a nice gathering of students and community people. It was a wonderful uh, gathering. You know, beautifully set table, the food, Stephen Ross did the food. Y'all know Stephen Ross could burn like nobody's business. So that was just wonderful. And they had uh, some food from from the uh, the vegan Jamaican spot, so I got me a little bit of mac and cheese for my troubles. Uh, but it was good. I, I it was very black. Uh, we said, you know, they had a whole ritual thing going on. Uh, we got to read uh, the history of, of of some countries in the continent, so that was lovely. I got to read. Um, so it was nice. I had a good time. So I left there, ran over to Next Haven, where they had a great conversation. They filmed uh, the film Jazz in New Haven um, that talked about how New Haven's Dixwell Corridor, pretty much New Haven proper, had so many jazz clubs, so many musicians. So they screened that film. They had Dolores Greenlee, whose father owned the Monterey. Uh, they had uh, Jesse Hameen. Uh, they had the young Mr. Sands. Uh, so they were in conversation with each other about jazz in New Haven and what that means. Um, Jesse Hameen just came off winning the uh, the Duke Ellington uh, Award over at the at the uh, music, uh, Yale School of Music uh, from the Duke Ellington series. Um, so he was talking a little bit about that. And uh, Frank Harris was the uh, facilitator for the conversation. So you know it was a, it was it was a very comfortable conversation. Uh, and it was at Next Haven, which is a good space for all kinds of things. Um, it's such a so so it could be a very sophisticated place. 
so it was nice. Uh, Dolores Greenlee was um, uh, zoomed in. So it was a good conversation. And she shouted me out about my love and support of Samara Joy, which I appreciate that greatly. Uh, I have I have such a uh, I'm such a fan girl of that young sister. So that was good. And then I ran over to uh, Morse Recital Hall at Sprague uh, Hall at the Yale School of Music uh, to listen to uh, um, some music uh, by uh, a Cuban um a cuban composer but it was a bunch of other students too the cuban composer was the highlight and the finale which was really really nice and interesting thank you lindsley gay for uh peeping me to that uh, i tell you people just send me stuff they let me know what's happening that's how i know what's happening um uh, uh tania leon uh is the uh the uh was the featured composer so it was new music new haven uh, and so they had uh, uh a bunch of uh students playing music it was really really good it was it was quite enjoyable quite enjoyable i saw some folks i haven't seen in a minute so that was very nice so uh uh tania leone uh is born was born in havana cuba and she's highly She's a highly she's highly regarded as a composer, conductor, educator, and advisor to arts organizations. Her uh, orchestral work, Stride, commissioned by the New York Philharmonic, was awarded the 2021 Pulitzer Prize in Music. In 2022, she was named a recipient of the 45th Annual Kennedy Center Honors for Lifetime Artistic Achievements. And uh, recent premieres include works for Los Angeles Philharmonic, the Arkansas Symphony Orchestra. NDR, Symphony Orchestra, Grossman Ensemble, International Contemporary Ensemble, uh, Jeff, Jennifer Cole's project, uh, Alone Together. Appearances as guest conductor include Orchestra Philharmonique uh, de Marseille, uh, Gewanda Hauser Chester. <laughs> she just she gets around. As Tupac would say, she gets around. Uh, and so it was a wonderful night. So it wasn't a terribly late night. I got home about 9.30ish or so. Not a terribly late night. Uh, I had my first one-on-one uh, with our instructor uh, in the Yale Access to Law School program. So we're we're going to have weekly one-on-one on top of the study groups, on top of the one-on-ones I have with my coach. Like they're they just getting you ready for the LSAT. The LSAT ain't no joke. All these people who are out here studying with these little books and all this other kind of stuff. God bless you. <laughs> God bless you. God bless you. Because let me tell you something. You don't even know what you don't know until you get up in a LSAT preparatory class and, and you get with professional people who know how to take this test. Baby, you don't know what you don't know until you don't know what you don't know until you take this damn LSAT. So we take another uh, uh, LSAT test um, next next week, next Saturday. So, you know, I'm going to tell you something. So every morning I get up at five and I spend two, five, six, seven, wait, five, six, seven, eight. I actually three hours of, um, it's actually three hours. <laughs> How do I was think it was two hours, um, but three hours of uh, LSAT practice and study because I need it. And uh, James Foreman, Professor Foreman already said, 
you have to give this 15 to 20 hours a week of your time if you want to make some some dent. So I'm trying to do that. Like I'm I'm literally trying to do that. And the only time that I could actually do it is 5 a.m. in the morning. So the last two mornings, I've been getting up at like 5.30, quarter to six. <laughs> <sighs> uh, that I, uh, I've got to, uh, you know, um, it's been a minute. So it's been a minute. It's been a minute. It's been a good, uh, so it's going to be a, a good learning. It's been a good experience and I'm fully immersing myself into it. So I'll say that it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. You know, hard, hard, but I'm enjoying the process. I'm liking the learning, even though I, I get a little frustrated and gave me some good advice yesterday. He's like, you know, you're fast to go to the answer. Slow down. Slow your roll. <laughs> I was like, okay. 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 So, anyway. Uh, yeah. We're going to get into it. So, I got Henry Fernandez and uh, Imani coming on from Leap. They're going to talk about the Leap Year event, which is in its 28th year. Did you know? I've never gone to a Leap dinner. I don't I don't know why. I can't even tell you why. I think it's just every time it came around, I was just, I, I just couldn't go or whatever. I was up competing things for 28 years. <laughs> 30 years. I'm going this year. <laughs> I'm going to the Schubert. I'm going to the Schubert Shindig one. I'm going to that one. So I'm excited by that. So I can't wait to tell Henry. I'm actually going this year, Henry. You know, I'm actually going. So uh, all is well. <laughs> all is well. All is well. All is well. So, yeah. So I want people to, you know, get their tickets. You're used to going. You know how to go. And uh, you know how to go. So you got to go. And uh, it's going to be good. <laughs> it's going to be good. So um, hallelujah. Anyway, so that's that's it. I did I did that. I did that uh, last night. Tonight, I'm going to have dinner with my good friend, Jane, who is a judge now. Uh, we're going to do that. Uh, and, uh, that's it. And, uh, I'm going to go, let's see, what is going on? I'm sorry. I'm so distracted. I'm so distracted. Uh, so, uh, but anyway, what was I saying? Oh, this weekend. So this weekend, I'm sorry, I'm, people are talking to me. I'm talking back. <laughs> I'm interactive. So I have, I have, uh, I have LSAT prep tomorrow. So I'm doing that. Um, Long Wharf board retreat tomorrow from ten to four. I will jump in at one uh, because I've got LSAT prep. And then um, 
I'm going to go over to uh, Keila Lydell for the uh, Music Haven concert. So I'm going to go do that. And then um, the Make Haven people are throwing a party, uh, a party for the for the ages, you know, the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. They're throwing an old school party. So I might make that, which I doubt, though, because there's things I want to do. So after I, after I leave the 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 uh, musical event at Keeler Liddell Gallery tomorrow, I'm gonna call it a night. And then Sunday I have uh, I have um, you know writing time with uh, with my group, my girl. So we're gonna do that. I'll do some LSAT prep tomorrow. And I think I'm just gonna. Sunday, take it easy. I think that's Super Bowl, right? Is it Super Bowl? What is the Super Bowl? I don't even care. I, I'll have it on, I think. I I I am uh I, I don't know when the Super Bowl is, but I'm a I'm a tune it in. Just just because background noise. Let me see. Let me look. I think it's this weekend. Is it this weekend? It's Sunday. Sunday, six thirty. I don't know why. I don't know why they don't make this a weekend thing. I don't. I don't understand the NFL. Putting this on a Sunday is a pain. They can have a real good week. They can put it on a Saturday and let people chill down on Sunday. Ah, I don't know. I don't care who wins. Because you know what? I'm I'm going for everybody black. And since both teams have black quarterbacks, I don't really care. <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles, Kansas City Chiefs, I don't care. Unless unless I get real nuanced. And honestly, I just want to see the halftime show. <laughs> I just want to see Rihanna do her thing and see who she brings up to rock out with her. I, that's all I care about. Everybody else, eh. I don't give a damn. <laughs> so I guess this was my Sunday. I, I tried to get myself invited to some parties. Then I realized it's Sunday. You know how much partying I it's not like I've never partied on a Sunday. Let me let me let's be very clear. <laughs> I'm not opposed to parties on Sunday. I'm not. So uh, so we'll see. <laughs> I'll see. I'm not I'm not I'm not sure. Uh I'm not sure about going anywhere. So eh, we'll see. Yes. <laughs> so that's the, I, I say all that to say. I'm going to be home. I'm going to be at the house on Sunday. I might stack the fridge with some beers and some celery. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see what I do. Unless somebody invites me over, I'll, I'll, I'll be at the house chilling, which is not a bad, which in and of itself is not a bad thing because there's stuff that I could be doing. God knows there's stuff that I could be doing. And I believe it is ridiculously warm outside. It's 54 degrees outside right now. 54 damn degrees in February. <laughs> 54 degrees in February. And I know everybody is like, 
We, is this the end of the world? <laughs> is this the end of the world as we know it? No, I don't think so. I do think we are just getting Virginia weather. I don't know who has Connecticut weather. I think across the country, going west, somehow or other got with, got hold of Connecticut weather because we don't have it. <laughs> we had like one or two days of cold weather, like real cold weather, like a day, two days max. And then it goes back up. Now we're, now we're, I'm telling you, these tulips are going to be blooming. They're going <laughs> to, and it's just February. We still got to deal with March and some of April. I'm just saying, you know, <sighs> anyway, toujours le mot, toujours. <laughs> it's a day. Oh, it's a, it's a day. It's a day. It's a rare mood I'm in. Oh, it's almost like being in love. Yep. There's a smile on my face for the whole human race. Why, it's almost like being in love. It is. It is. I, 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 listen, I'm going to dress uh, accordingly. I don't know what. I guess we all got to put on something light and easy, breezy, lemon squeezy. All right, let me get serious for a minute. What, what shall I? Uh, I saw, I saw, I saw a post about people are concerned that the, these black officers that, uh, uh, killed this young man uh, in Memphis is going to become the poster boys for police brutality, and probably so. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if there's any way to to uh, around that. It's a it's an easy narrative. Um, it addresses all the concerns that people have about you know taking swift action is what we want, right? So we can't. I don't think we can pick and choose when based on uh, uh, like I don't think we can pick and choose when when the light bulb goes off when we think police brutality is wrong. Could could we have gotten here sooner when it was white officers solely? Yeah. But it was never really white officers solely. So that's another truth. But that's not the truth that I want to tell today. That's a horse of another color for another day. Um, um uh, but but this current situation ticks all the all the boxes for what we say is um acceptable uh response to these kinds of matters um and so uh, i don't know if we i mean i think there are people who are going to push back on the narrative and to remind people that this is not this is not the only this is it didn't begin here <laughs> like like it's like 20 cases in front of this and then this so uh so i think there'll be enough people who who can at least push back on the narrative not not say that it's uh not true or any of that but just remind people that in addition to this that we got here because of 
a history of 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 this uh, a history of this you know and then i think the black community our community my community um i think there has to be some conversations about uh, you know I, I don't i don't say black on black crime what i will say is black on black hatred i think i think that's the conversation that we have to have as painful as it is there are black people who I hate black people. And that's a tough, tough thing to hear. And I and I don't like talking about these kinds of things with white people, you know. And I don't even want white people asking me to clarify or any of that. Like, don't I I I'm not the one to have these conversations with. Not that I, I don't think I have enough intelligence to have the conversation. It's just that my 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 nerves, <laughs> I just can't have these conversations. I leave it to the scholarly amongst us to have these conversations because they know how to use the language that suits the language of the people who are asking the asinine questions. I don't have the, 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 the bandwidth to, to be calm, cool, and collective in answering these questions. Because if you ask me these questions, I'm just going to effing come at you. So I'm not the best representation of scholarly in that regard. I can be scholarly. I am a scholar. But I don't like having these conversations with white people. And listen, before people, I don't represent all the views on this. Have these conversations with Michael Eric Dyson, Cornell Scott, I mean, uh, Cornell West. I'm sorry. Have these with Dr. West. Uh, have them with um, uh, 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 Julianne Malvo. Have these conversations with actual scholars uh, who who do this work, who who are willing to, you know, have them with uh, Crystal D. Gregory. You know, have them with these people who are out here on a daily basis um, jousting with pen. And books have it. I'm just, you know, I'm not the one. Although you get to listen to me every day uh, and I can hold my own, I don't enjoy these kinds of conversations. And uh, I get prickly real quick. <laughs> I'm an artist. I'm sensitive about my ish. So, uh, so when I tell you, I don't, I could raise topics. I put it out there. And then I allow the scholars amongst us to do what they do with it. But I, I, I will say this again. I think there's conversations that we have to have in the Black community without the white gaze. And there's a lot of conversations that we have to have without the white gaze. There's a lot of conversations that Black people have to have without the white gaze. Um. And uh, and I and I'm not prepared to 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 uh, laundry list what those are. I'm going to keep that to myself. I'm going to talk about it with my peoples. Um, I'm just old school like that. And I know people, I know these young people are very transparent. They don't have a, they don't have a problem with that. I am of a generation um, that I just don't like talking about uh, in-house things outside. Do you know what I mean? Y'all know what I, see folks who know, who know, know. I, I don't talk about outside things. I don't talk about inside things outside, you know. 
And that no, and I don't mean that across the board. Don't don't get it twisted. If I see harm, I'ma say harm. If I see file, I'ma say file. You know, if I see something, I'ma say something. That's that I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is the conversations that need to happen. And when I say inside, I mean in the house. And you know, black people. You know, when I was growing up, you had com- there was adult conversation. It was kids conversation. And when adults was talking in the kitchen or around liquor, you get your ass outside or you get your ass somewhere else. But you won't be up there with grown folks unless you get an ice, unless you run an ice for your mama and them. You know what I mean? Like, and, and then and only then you get to hear snippets of grown folks conversations. That's how I was raised. I don't know how these other folks was raised, you know, but I don't do a whole lot of talking around kids. Uh, not because I don't think kids can handle it, but I think there are some things that adults have to discuss without the without the ears of children. And if you're talking about adult things in front of children, then you might want to question your own values. You know, I'm not saying whole secrets. I'm just saying that there are some languages and 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 thought processes that children should not be privy to because it's not age appropriate. Do you understand what I'm saying? Not age appropriate. My children didn't sit up with me while I'm talking to my girlfriends about some man I'm sleeping with, right? Like I I ain't do that. (laughs) I ain't talk about my job, whatever job I was on and the stress of that job in front of my children because that's not their way to carry. And they don't need to hear that thinking that they got to do something or say something or carry or be worried about that. And I'm not talking about hiding stuff from children. That's not what I mean. Like, I understand. I say to kids, listen, this is what the light bill is. I have to pay the light bill. You have to do your part. And your part is don't walk out of a damn room with the lights on and don't come back and turn the light off. Just, you see what I'm saying? Like, that's a different kind of conversation. That is including children in the in the everyday running of the house. Do your part. Your part is to make your bed, clean your room so I don't have to come in there and, and say something to you about it. You know, your part is take the garbage out, do whatever the chore you're assigned to, handle that so that I don't have to come and ha- handle you for not doing it. Because if I have to come deal with you, it's going to be dances with wolves. And you don't, you don't want that. You don't, you don't want this smoke. So be in a child's place, do your chores, mind your business and take care of what you need to take care of that's in your world to take care of. I got everything else. See, that's what I'm talking about. Children in their place, adults in their place. I don't have, I don't have loose, I didn't have loose conversations around my kids. You know, if I was talking about people that they knew, you know, that something was going on across the street or down the way or around the corner or across town, I didn't include my children in those kinds of conversations because they're children and they don't need to be privy to adult conversations. That's all I'm saying. That's why, you know, when I was raising my kids, they couldn't call people by their first name. And I know people take some issue with that. But I was like, you have to understand, children have to be in a place. And you build a sense of respect uh, when you put in checks and balances. When you put in checks and balances. And I used to try to tell these damn teachers that mess at school. Because they'd be like, oh, call me John. Hell no, you're not their friend. <laughs> they don't call you John. They don't call you Mr. John, Dr. John, Super John, whatever it is. But they're not going to call you John because that's not going to happen. I don't give a damn. And I had to explain to these teachers. And it was always white teachers with that mess. Oh, they want to be on some equal playing field. You cannot. 
There's a hierarchy here. There's a chain of command here. There is, there is, there is layers to this thing. I was old school. I tell you, I, I see Miss Chapman. I still call her Miss Chapman. Now, Miss Chapman ain't been my teacher in 50 years. And she'd be like, uh, Babs, you call me Gloria. Miss Chapman, I'm never gonna call you Gloria. I, I I'm just never gonna call you Gloria. That's just it. <laughs> I'm just not going to call you Gloria. <laughs> me saying Gloria now makes me itch. <laughs> Miss Chapman, I'm never calling you Gloria. Ever. Not in your face. Not in your presence. Uh-uh, girl. No, ma'am. It's always going to be Miss Chapman. And she, every time I see her, she's like, Babs, you can call me Gloria. I can call you a lot of things, Miss Chapman, but I'm going to call you Miss Chapman. <laughs> and that, my friends, is how I think about the world and children in it. I don't allow children to call me Babs. When people have their kids in, they're like, oh, this is Babs. Miss Babs, I'm not your friend. I'm your friend, but I'm not your friend. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, we're not. We're not equal. We're equal as human beings, but we're not equal in the hierarchy of adulthood and childhood. Because if you don't learn this now, when are they going to learn it? Sometimes you call me Miss Babs. I'm telling every, I tell all the parents, it's Miss Babs. You don't call me Babs. Call me Miss Babs or Auntie Babs. I don't mind Auntie. I know there are Black women out there who don't like to be called Auntie, but I've been Auntie Babs for so long to my own nieces and nephews. I've been Auntie Babs. Now to a new crop of kids, I'm Auntie Babs. And I really should be to these new crop of kids, Grandma Babs. <laughs> I don't know who I'm kidding. <laughs> I really should be Grandma. Grandma, it should be Gummy Babs, but. Mm. Or Grand Babs, it should be Grand Babs. But I, I'll take Auntie Babs because I like the way it sounds. You know? You know, listen, it's all good. So I say that to say there are conversations that we have to have in our community that should not be privy to the white gaze. You know, I don't care how cool white people are. And I know some cool ass white people. I know some abolitionist ass white people. I know white people who will, who will, who will take off earrings and get Vaseline for themselves on my behalf. <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> I know some white folks who got my back quick, fast, in a hurry. So I've seen it. But at the end of the day, there are conversations that need to be had in the Black community that the Black community uh, ought to have. And let me tell you another thing, because I was, I was watching this video the other this morning. Maybe it was early this morning, late last night. And this brother was going in about um, the... Uh, I don't know the little the little performance by the guy in the demon costume with the transgender artist, whoever whoever the hell that was. And people are all up in arms about demonic, and I'm thinking it's a performance. It is just a performance in a song, and everybody's like, "Oh, uh, do you really think that that's invoking the devil? You know what the devil is? Your damn cell phone. You know what the devil is?" Health disparities. Do you know what the devil is? Underemployment. 
You know what the devil is? Violence in our communities. You know what the devil is? Trash in our communities. A, a, a white man and a white person on stage in a red cape and horns is not the devil. And if, if that's the devil, then you really have some bigger issues. And and if you're so offended by a performance, why, I, why are you even talking about it? If it's the devil, wouldn't you be afraid to talk about it for, for fear of conjuring it back up at your house? I, I don't, I, I mean, if we're going to be stupid, just go all the way out. Go full on throttle. I don't get it. I don't care about these people dressing up in devil. And then the people are like mad because Madonna and like, what? Madonna is a, she has, she has earned the right to whatever. And, and what's his face? 50 Cent, whatever his name is, you know, calling her grandma. It's so disrespectful. It's like he has no home training. Who raised him? Who are his people? Who raised him? He's quick to just be disrespectful. Just disrespectful. And he thinks he's like being cute and cunning and, and, and I, I mean, he's stupid. I mean, you know, he's just, an, he's just, he's everything what is wrong, I think, with a lot of us. Uh, who who have achieved some modicum of success. You know, he's just misguided and misdirected. And he doesn't even realize it. He just thinks he's out there being uh, real and, and authentic. He's just being an asshole. Leave, why does Madonna longevity will live longer than yours? You could believe that. And, and, and you know, I dig Madonna. I, she can do whatever she wants. She want to put her butt out there. She's 66 or whatever the hell she is. That's her butt. I don't care. She can do whatever she wants. She want to puff up her face with Botox and whatever the hell people are doing. I, what, what does it cost me at my house? <laughs> it costs me a damn thing. People do what they want. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. Do what you want. So I, I'm just saying that there's bigger conversations to be had. <laughs> that's that's my point. I'm drinking a glass of water this morning. I am so terrible with getting water. I don't know. I don't know why I'm so terrible at this. But I think Harry, when I wake up, I'll just be one day. Okay, today is the day I get all this water in. Moving forward every single day. Thank God I have pretty decent skin. I always have, but I can have better skin, which I don't even know what that means. But if I drink more water, I can have better skin. I don't know what better is, but eh. but I gotta make some. I gotta make some changes because I have some goals, and uh, I don't know why I'm such a procrastinator. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why this is taking longer. I don't know why it's taking me longer to do what I'm supposed to do than I than I said. Although I, I listen. I put myself on a study schedule. Five o'clock, I'm up. I'm on my study schedule. I'm I'm serious about that. Um, so now I just got to be equally diligent about all the other stuff that I want to do because that's what it's going to require. That's what it's going to require. That's what it's going to require. So uh, that's what it's going to require. 
So I'm just saying, so I can't wait to see what this day is like to get into this day, to go chase this day, um, to be about this day. I may even put on some lipstick. I probably need to go get my hair colored. Yeah. <laughs> like, Kay, do I need my hair color? I'm going to go in there and get my hair color. You got room for me? You got some room for me? Yes. Go, Erica, with the Ruby Woo. <laughs> Jennifer Hudson got us all, Jennifer Quay Hudson got us all rocking our Ruby Woo. I'm telling you, Ruby Woo is a universal lipstick for every woman. I don't know of no woman who cannot wear Ruby Woo. I, I just, I know of none. I know of none. And I love it. I love the way it feels on my lips. And I put a little uh, 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 lip sealant on, you know, to keep it softened because it's it's a nice, it's velvety. It's not matte. It's velvety. I love it. So maybe I'll find something cool to wear today and throw on uh, some Ruby Woo. See how that goes. Maybe I'll dress up today. Who knows? I mean, I dress up every day, right? Well, not really. You know, so, all right. Anyway, that's the life. That's the life I lead, you sucker MCs. It is Black History Month. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And uh, I'm I am actually enjoying this Black History Month. People are being very thoughtful about Black History Month this year. I'm very grateful about that. So high five, folks. High five. High five. So I've been looking at some new glasses. I think it's time to get some new glasses, although I really love these. And my vision hasn't changed, God knows, in how long. So I can keep wearing these. And they're in good shape. They're not cracked. They're not scratched. They're just great glasses. I might just add another pair just so I can switch up. I've been eyeing a pair. And I'm I'm actually digging this whole round concept. I have a round face, so I kind of like this owl look. <laughs> so I, I dig these. So, you know, we'll see. I'll pick something else. See what else I could get into. I want something maybe a little lighter, you know, like a gray. I've been digging a gray or clear. I don't have any clear. Uh, uh, I don't have any clear glasses. I'm going to get some clear glasses. Uh, so anyway, I'm just, I'm doing my thing. You know, I probably should get over, uh, uh, I should get over to Sandra's and get some uh, soul food. I was at Mama Mary's, but actually I'm craving Sandra's. Uh, so I might get over there and uh, get something to eat because I, I miss them. I haven't been over there in a minute. I, you know, I'll just go at some unconventional time. Like, I don't need to go for, like, I could just eat there, not necessarily at dinner. <laughs> and definitely not on Sundays because God knows it is, it is packed. Um, so I'll figure out a time to get over there and get something to eat. Uh, you know, when I'm feeling it, you know, when I'm feeling it, trying to, trying to feel it. So oh, anyway, so much going on. And I, I've been avoiding talking about politics. I've been avoiding talking about uh, Ukraine. I, I've been avoiding talking about, I mean, my heart is still with the Syrians and the, and the, uh, and the, and the people of Turkey, you know, I'm still challenged by 
how a country could be at war and these kinds of things happen and and does the war end i mean you know the very thing that you was trying to do is being done you're trying to kill a lot of people now a lot of people are dead so what i <laughs> i don't i don't know i mean what do you do i mean what do you do i i i got to hear this cuz i just think we accept the foolishness so much that just get wetted to crazy so you know anyway life is good and for some people it isn't so I, so when i say life is good i i just mean in my universe i i don't know what it is and there's a lot of people who are suffering um and we have to acknowledge that that people are suffering and that everybody is not in a joyful joyous place and and it's not enough to just say, oh, just be joyful. That's that's not it either. That's a little insulting, you know, because people are going through a lot of stuff. And, uh, and we have to be mindful of that. That's what I mean. We have to be kind. And I think, you know, uh, I, I am so rooted in this being present and being vulnerable um, and being authentic. Uh, with your heart and mind and feelings. That's why, you know, I process things uh, online and I process things here out loud because uh, I never want to do that kind of work again in isolation. I never want to, I never want to process my sorrows and sadness in isolation because damn, believe it, when I celebrate, I celebrate loud and big with everybody. So I don't want my, I don't whatever trauma or pain I'm going through to be something that I just carry by myself that I, I want to sort of say to whomever is in my universe, this is what is happening. That's where the authenticity and the walk and truth comes in, that I don't have to feel like I have to hide what is happening because I'm ashamed of what is happening or I'm fearful of judgment or, I'm, or I just don't want nobody in my business. Well, I, I am of the mindset that whatever's going on with me is the business of my friends that whatever is happening, happening to me is their business. That's how I just operate. I, I don't, I don't hide from them anything, you know, now I might not tell them things quickly, but that's just because that's how my, I, all the, all the gears that are all the plates I got spinning. I just didn't get around to it, but I get around to it. And if it's pressing, I just put up the bad signal. Listen, this is what is happening to me. This is how I'm feeling, you know. And, and, and it's not crying. I don't cry wolf. I'm not playing. I'm When I put a cry out for help, I'm damn serious about that. You know, I, I don't hide what's happening. I, I've done lost too much to try to hide. And I, I think that's that's it for people that they've not lo- you know they've not lost enough and suffering you know they just feel like they tend to suffer in silence because they don't want people to know for whatever reasons people think whatever I'll give damn what people think this is what I know this is what I know that I cannot carry the burden of trauma and pain by myself I've done it I no longer want to do it. And so I've set up my life to sort of share and openly share. And, you know, it's out there. So you catch it, catch it. And sometimes people catch it and come back to me and say, 
listen, I heard this, I found this, da, 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 da. how can I help you? What can I do? You know, and sometimes it's nothing you can do except acknowledge that you saw me hurt. Sometimes that's the, the one thing that needs to happen. You know, I, I don't mind being with people in difficult times. I don't. I don't, I don't shun. I'm not afraid. It doesn't bother me. I'm not moved by it. I know how to stand with people in difficult times. You know, that is a strength. You know, it is a strength. Um, because I know what it's like to have been in difficult times and people still with me. So I know how to stand with people in difficult times. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't seek to do that. Like that's not a goal. <laughs> I don't be like, oh, uh, let me go find some unsuspected person and stand with them in their trauma. That, that's no, no. But I know how to, I know, I know how to tarry. You, you remember that? You know that word, tarry? It's an old Pentecostal word. You know, you tarry in the upper rooms. I know how to do that. And I'm not, and it doesn't make me fearful or or anything. It, it doesn't make me afraid. It doesn't make me anything. You know. So uh, I just know how to do it. I'm built, I'm built like that. I've always been built like that. And, uh, you know, I'm built for fire and ice. I'm built for it. And I hope my friends know that. I think they know it. You know, I think they know it. I'm the friend you call if you need somebody to meet you at the hospital at 3 a.m. I'm, I'm that person, you know. And I'll stay as long as I can, as long as you need me to stay till your peoples come or reinforcement comes or whatever happens. I, that I'm like that. You know, I'm like that. We need each other, people. We need each other. And we need and we and not, and not just and, and yes, in your immediate circle, you need you we need each other. We need each other. We need to be vulnerable with each other. We need to be kind with each other. We need to be in love with each other. You know, we need to be with each other, you know, and uh, that's the real revolution. There's no other revolution. There's no other revolution except being human with each other, to be in love with each other. And don't be parceling out your love. (laughs) We don't want no half love. (laughs) It's either full love or bust. You either gonna get this big love or you ain't gonna get no love. I if I were you, I would choose big love because I'm only giving out big love. That's all I got. All I got is big love. I don't got small love. I don't got little love. I don't got tiny love. I don't got half love. I don't got a quarter love. I got big, big, full-on love. A full big ass love. That's it. I'm gonna give it to you. <laughs> Why? Because that's how I want to be in the world. And I want you to be that way. If you can't be that way, figure out what you can be in the world. But do no harm. How about that? Start there. Take the doctor's creed. First, do no harm. You know, be in that space. And I know it's hard because if somebody harms you, you, you put your knives out too. Somebody pull a knife, you pull a knife. Somebody got a machete, you pull the machete. But we all going to be cut dead and bled on the ground if we keep doing that. You know, somebody's got to be like, all right, I'm gonna put my weapon down. I'm gonna 
I'm going to remove the bricks from my wall. I'm going to take my wall down. I'm going to put my knives away. (laughs) I'm going to use language that affirms and heals and comforts rather than destruction and anger and warring language. I'm going to stop using warring language, right? That's that's how you begin to have a love revolution. It's just everyday, ordinary things. You know, you want to have a love revolution, that's what you do. Stop using warring language. And warring language is anything that is not affirming, uplifting, kind, generous, and helpful. And whatever else, whatever other good thing. Now, yeah, there'll be times when you need to cuss somebody out. But even cussing somebody out, doesn't mean you want them harmed. And every mother knows this. Mothers know how to tell you off without hurting you. Some mothers, not all mothers. Don't come at me because I know there's some bad mothers out or some challenging mothers out there. I want to say bad mothers. But I mean, there are some bad mothers. They Categorically bad mothers. But for, for this conversation, challenging mothers. Most mothers know how to cut you down. See, that's warring language. See how I said that? Cut you down? No. Most mothers know how to redirect you in a way that sets you on a different path without using warring language. My mother was one of those women. My mother never cussed at us. Not that cussing is warring language, because I don't tend to think so, unless you use it as warring language. Like telling the kid to sit their ass down is not um, say, it's not the same thing as saying, I'm going to beat your ass to death. That's, see, that's warring language. The other one is not warring language. <laughs> Go sit your ass down. <laughs> that's not warring language. <laughs> now, what is warring language is, Go sit your ass down before I beat you to death. Now, that is warring language. So, I've said enough. I'll be back at 1015 with uh, Henry Fernandez and Monty because they're they're coming up on the 28th annual uh, uh, leap year event where, you know, they host these dinner parties all around town. And uh, I can't believe this is my first year going. So anyway, I'll be back with them. Hi, this is Babs Rawls-Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut. And you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM streaming live at newhavenindependent.org. While COVID may not stop a baby's heart, isn't a child with a rising fever, cough, and chills enough to make your heart skip a beat? Children are 19% of reported COVID cases with higher rates in Hispanic and Black children. Vaccinated six months to five-year-olds are 80% less likely to get COVID, which means 80% healthier New Haven one-year-olds and 100% happier New Haven parents. To learn more, Visit nhbvax.org.
since the day we met. I said, I've been downhearted, baby. Ever since the day we met. Nothing but the blues, baby Baby, how blue can you get? I gave you a brand new Ford But you said I want a cat like I bought you a ten dollar dinner And you said thanks for the snack I let you live in my penthouse. You said with just a shot. I gave you seven children. sunshine when she's gone It's not warm when she's away Ain't no sunshine when she's gone She's always gone too long Anytime she goes away Wonder this time where she's gone Wonder if she's gone to stay Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And this house just ain't no home Anytime she goes away And I know, 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 I know But ain't no sunshine when she's gone Ain't no sunshine when she's gone Only darkness every day Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And this house just ain't no home Anytime she goes away Anytime she goes away Anytime she goes away 
time in the Country Music Hall of Fame. That's right, superlatives. Yes. How about a hand, ladies and gentlemen, for Mr. Charlie Pride. Where are you, Mr. Pride? Thank you, sir. Thank you. If I chance to be old friends on the street, they wonder how does a man get to be this way? Always got a smile in my face Anytime at any place And every time they ask me why I just smile and say You've got to Kiss an angel good morning You better know you think about her when you're gone Kiss an angel good morning Over like the devil when you get back home may try to guess the secret of our happiness 
Like some of them never learned that it's a simple thing The secret I'm speaking, dog Is a woman and a man in love And the answer is in the song that I always sing You got to kiss an angel good morning And let her know you think about her when you're gone Kiss an angel good morning And love her like the devil when you get back home Kiss an angel good morning And let her know you think about her when you're gone Kiss an angel good morning Like the devil when you get back home. Welcome back to the second hour of Love Baths Love Talk on Baths Rose Ivy. Delighted to have my old friend, dear friend Henry Fernandez from Leap in the house. Good to be here. It's nice to see you, Henry Fernandez. Always good. So I'm embarrassed to tell you, and I think I told you this before, I didn't realize it's been 28 years since you all been doing this annual leap dinner thing. I have never been to one. Oh my year, gosh. This will be the first year I'm going. I'm going with my my Long Wharf theater friends, uh, Bill Azatine and uh, uh, Ruby uh, Melton. So oh, I'm going to be at the Schubert with them this year. For the first time in 28 years, I'm going to the leap shindig. So. Well, give uh, give uh, Bill and uh, Ruby a hug, especially Bill, a hug this year. Yeah, yeah. It's a, you know, yes, we are holding him in our prayers and in our hearts. So how are you? Good, good. You know, it's a busy time for us. We've got, you know, our after-school program restarting for the uh, spring, winter, spring semester. And then uh, at the same time, we have this giant event that we run uh, <laughs> all over uh, all over the uh all over the city, all over the county. And now we've even got uh, some event that we've got a dinner I'm going to be joining down in New York City. Um, And we've got uh, virtual events now as well, or virtual dinners. Um, So it's, uh, you know, our development team does amazing work um, uh, pulling this event off and all of our wonderful sponsors who make it possible. It's just, uh, it's an exciting time, but it's a busy time. It's a busy time for us. So when you when you imagine this dinner 28 years ago, what was the thinking? Well, I have to say, you know, it was actually uh, uh, a suggestion that uh, came from um, just one of our advisors uh, year, years ago. And um, our uh, several of our board members really took it up. And I have to say, I think I probably thought it was a little crazy um, <laughs> because it's, you know, most most uh, nonprofits wisely have like one dinner, you know, and uh <laughs> And it's like one big dinner and everybody gets a piece of chicken or, you know, or now you could also get a vegetarian dish and, and uh, not back then though. (laughs) And, uh, uh, and we have, you know, somewhere between depending on the year, 20 and 30 dinners. And, um, you know, it it was uh, the, the idea I think has always been that um, we're, we're an educational and uh, community development organization at our heart. And so for our biggest fundraiser, uh, we do uh, an event that really is about uh, education and building community. And um, all of these dinners uh, provide the opportunity for people to get to know folks that they may 
Not, not otherwise, no. We think of New Haven as a small town, but there's so many different parts of our town, different amazing people in our city. And um, uh, so many of us don't know each other. And so it's a great opportunity to build community and to learn uh, from amazing uh, experts. Uh, it's a city full of experts. Everybody's an expert on something. And uh, <laughs> this is a, a wonderful venue for, for people to share that expertise. Um, and, you know, from uh, conversations on, on, on the arts to criminal justice uh, reform, um, to uh, advocating for, for children, uh, to cooking classes, you know, it's kind of, there's something in there for, for everybody. And sometimes you kind of want to do one thing one year and something totally different, <laughs> different year. And so uh, we try to try to accommodate everyone. I, I love it because the idea is you have like, it, there, there are all kinds of themes to this thing. Like, That's it's right. not just like, forgive my, my camera. I'm having like tech issues. It's doing its own Andy Warhol thing. I don't know what that's about. Just but. own it. Just say, you know, it's intentional. It's yeah, part, of, part of the show. I'm owning it. So, so, so people can sort of go look, look at the laundry list of dinners and say, that's you know right. what? I might want a Syrian dinner. I might want to sit with folks talking about reentry. I might, and it's all done in a very intimate sort of way. Like, it's not like 70,000 people at a dinner. It's, Right. 20 people, maybe 10, 15 people. Like how many people? That's right. I mean, some of the dinners are smaller, kind of the range of 10, but they really don't get bigger than 20. Some of our virtual dinners get bigger where we're bringing together, you know, experts from uh, from different places. We have an amazing uh, uh, dinner, a virtual dinner. Um, one of our virtual dinners is uh, uh, brings together uh, two uh, filmmakers, um, both of whom have strong connections to New Haven, uh, Shauna uh, Waterman, who runs the TV operations for Vin Diesel mm -hmm. um, and is a former leaper, um, and uh, Frank Chi, um, who's a filmmaker uh, who just made the documentary um, 38 at the Garden about Jeremy Lin, which was on uh, HBO and uh, was shortlisted for the Oscars, but he was robbed. Um, and uh, 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 but he's, you know, he grew up in, uh, in Beaver Hills and his family, uh, parents still live here. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, one's in LA, one's in New York and, and, um, they're both doing this, uh, virtual dinner talking about, uh, you know, how Hollywood works and, and their experiences as people, uh, people of color from, uh, uh, from New Haven, but as very successful, uh, you know, uh, folks who are very successful in television and, and in the movies. So are people eager to to uh, host? Like, are, do you have to turn people away? Like, do you have a cutoff? Like somebody says, oh, I wanted, you know, do you, I mean, because this is, a, you have to manage this thing. So no, no. I mean, you know, you are right. This is a lot to manage. Our team, uh, uh, our development office does an amazing job managing this. But also we have a wonderful team of volunteers, um, our, what we call our Leap Year Event Committee, um, who uh, put in enormous hours. It is very complex, right? It, it's uh, finding um, hosts uh, who will host the dinner because people actually make their homes available or uh, or rent out a restaurant and they provide the food. Um, and then we have to identify that committee working with our development team, identifies uh, the guests of honor, the kind of amazing people who are gonna speak about their life's work. And, um, and then, then they have to do a lot of pairing to figure out who would be right and figure out, you know, how big a dinner should be based on the kind of conversation and all of that. So 
Um, it, it, it's a lot of complexity. We try not to have um, the same host, uh, you know, two years in a row. Um, the, the team tries to do that just because it's a lot of work and we don't want to burn anybody out. We want to give people opportunities to do it. But we have some folks who are so loyal and been doing with us, doing this with us really since the very beginning and being hosts um, since the beginning. We have, you know, um, some, uh, you know, guests of uh, honor who've, um, uh, you know, who've come back. Uh, a couple of uh, folks with The New York Times who've come back, you know, and, and been guests of honor and, and speakers for us several times. Um, and, uh, you know, so there's uh, it is it is a science, but it's also an art, and we have just the right team of folks who who make that possible. So, what happened during the pandemic? Because you know we were locked down for three years. What did you do? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we, we had to really figure <laughs> that one out. So the first the first year, uh, so we were very lucky in one way, which was that we had this dinner is always like the last Thursday of February. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so in the first year of the pandemic, we had this dinner, and then you know three weeks later, the country shut down. Right, the state shut down, the country shut down, and so it was just luck of the draw, luck of timing. Um, and unfortunately, nobody got sick at any of the dinners or anything. But it was like that's when the pandemic you know hit in, in March. You know, just a, just a few weeks later. Um, the following year, we went to uh, we went to a virtual um, all on Zoom, and um, uh, for most people, Zoom was pretty new, and so that was pretty cool, and people were excited about it, and they wanted a way to socialize, and so we ran a big Zoom set of Zoom dinners. Um, wow! And, uh, people joined those dinners. We actually had it so that you could uh, get a, a, a dinner. We worked with a bunch of. Uh, it was important to us to, to support local restaurants at that time um, who were obviously were just taking a beating. And so uh, we worked with them and um, instead of our hosts uh, providing dinners at their homes, our hosts uh, contributed to a pool of dollars that then uh, went to pay local restaurants. And then at, you know when you bought your ticket, that came with a meal from a local restaurant that you could uh, pick up um, or we could have delivered to you. And and uh, and so everybody still got a meal and they ate together, but they ate together on Zoom. Um, and then uh, slowly we've gone back to um, more in person. So last year um, we had both uh, uh, virtual and some in person dinners and we did our reception uh, uh, all uh, virtual. This year, again, we're doing our our reception uh, virtually um, and uh, uh, we, we've got a majority of dinners this year that are in person, but we still have a few that are virtual. Our goal, you know, really ideally would be to get to a place where we could be like the rest, you know, like we'd all like to be back fully, uh, fully in person um, to be able to do a, a full reception in person. But um, it, that that's still hard. Uh, and, um, uh, and, you know, it does look like kind of COVID is, the COVID numbers in, in New Haven County are really starting to come down a bit. Um, and so, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're feeling a bit better, but not, not yet ready to have a full large in-person reception then followed by everybody leaving that and going off to their dinners. That's almost would be designed to, <laughs> for a, for a COVID outbreak. So uh, given the model, but we're hoping that by next year we can be fully in person. So we've gone from fully virtual uh, to mostly in person, and ideally, we'd like to get back to to fully in person because what makes this event special is all of that 
you know, interpersonal contact and the opportunity to meet people and to have these conversations around a dinner table. So most of our dinners will be like that, but our big reception will still be virtual this year. And so, we do the okay. nice, the very good virtual dinners as well. I like that. I mean, 28 years is a, is a, is a, is a, a long time. It's institutionalized. Yeah, so that's how. <laughs> it's very institutionalized. Like people buzz about this thing. Like people are like, well, where are you going? Well, which one are you going to? And what are you going to do? And blah, blah, blah. I was like, Ooh, and I and I'm I, I feel so embarrassed to say I've never I don't know what happened over the 28 years that I was never able to make one of these things, but I will be there this year. So um is this the largest fundraiser for the organization? It is. It, it is our it, you know, we have uh, some smaller events through throughout the year. We will have a uh Julia's run, which is a uh a road race that we'll uh, do in Edgewood Park. Um and uh, uh, and we have a, uh, another in-person um, event for our donors in the fall, but those are are one-day, relatively uh, quick turnaround uh, type events. This is our our big one. It's also our big one in terms of dollars. So um, we'd be looking. Uh, you know, our our goal here is to raise about three hundred fifty thousand dollars. Whoa! <laughs> so it is a uh, it it. It is institutional in that, you know, people in the community really have embraced it over the years and really are excited when our list of dinners comes out. And, it, you know, we we sell out, you know, a lot of the dinners very quickly and um, we still do have some dinners available so people can go for go to leapforkids.org slash L-Y-E for leap year event. So L-E-A-P-F-O-R-K-I-D-S dot O-R-G slash L-Y-E and, and still buy still buy tickets. Um, We'll be selling tickets, I, I think, for about another week. Um, and uh, uh, the dinners are um, on the 23rd, and uh, which is a Thursday. And then also um, on the uh, Saturday, we have a few dinners uh, on the 25th. Um, but it's, uh, it, it's a, big, uh, a big event for us in terms of our fundraising. Um, and uh, you know, a, a big chunk of that is the tickets we sell. But even more of it is the wonderful um, sponsors that we have. And, and we're just so excited by um, how, how much the, the business community in particular has embraced um, the uh, Leap Year event and, and you know, their uh, kind of uh, big, uh, big contribution. So we have donors um, like Noble uh, Wealth Advisors and, and uh, of Janie Montgomery Scott um, you know, we have uh, uh, George Ellis. We have some individual donors like uh, Roger Ibbotson. Th these are kind of our lead um, sponsors, what we call our, our hero sponsors. But we have about 80 or 100 sponsors, you know, uh, companies that that get, are giving between uh, $500 and $25,000. Um, and so that's a, a big part of how we uh, raise this large sum of money. Uh, it's the tickets that we sell, and it's these the, the the companies and individuals who come in and sponsor us every year. And the, and the great thing is, so many of them now are are with us year after year, and then we add a few more, um, you know, every year. So, what what do you think that is a, a testament to? Because now you've got you've got leap who leap children who are leap children who are now adults. That's and they're right. Coming coming back into the coming back and saying, I was a leap. I was somewhere and somebody was talking about they were someone famous. I think I was somewhere and they were talking about they were a leap kid. And I was like, what? Yeah. So it's been far reaching. So what do you, what do you make of that? 
Yeah, I mean, there have been tens of thousands of young people who've gone through LEAP, right? And and that uh, that does have like lots of ramifications. And it, it ranges from, you know, we have the Attorney General of California, Rob Bonsa, was a counselor in LEAP, the uh, mayor of uh, uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, Lirian Gaylor, uh, worked for LEAP. We have a school superintendent in Minnesota uh, who was a LEAP counselor. And um, we have lots of New Haven public school teachers uh, police officers, firefighters, uh, assistant chief of, of the fi of fire department is a former leaper, um, school principals um, throughout uh, uh, throughout New Haven and, and Connecticut, um, and the rest of the country too, right? In, in New York City as well, we've got uh, got some school principals and teachers. And so, um, and then, uh, you know, so many young people who've gone on to um, uh, uh, just live amazing lives and, and um, you know, either who started at LEAP as little kids or who started at LEAP as high school students working for us. Um, you know, I, uh, uh, Cliff Watson, um, who's a wonderful uh, uh, fellow who, uh, uh, who's now uh, Dr. Cliff Watson, and he's at, uh, uh, you know, he's at Hill House, uh, graduated from Hill House, I think he was captain of the football team there, and and is now um, at Wesleyan, uh, on the faculty at Wesleyan and, um, runs, uh, their community service operations in addition to being on the faculty and has done amazing work helping to, uh, uh, build out the, uh, program so that, um, folks who are in prison in Connecticut can, uh, not just take classes at, uh, Wesleyan, but also, uh, graduate with a Wesleyan degree, which is one of the only places that's true in the entire country. So people are having impact coming out of that LEAP experience. Um, and and doing amazing work in lots of different ways. Um, you know, uh, uh, Ty Richardson, who's on our board, um, is uh, uh, one of the leaders in the uh, juvenile probation um, in uh, uh, particularly in, in Fairfield County, but um, but across the state. Um, and you know, has brought kind of his experience at LEAP into the work that he does in juvenile probation. Right. So uh, it, it ranges from uh, you know. Uh, uh, ranges really across the board. One of our speakers um, this this year um, at the uh, dinner uh, in New York is um, uh, uh, Nick Turner, who I, you know, I said, uh, I asked him, hey, Nick, would you be willing to do a dinner uh, for us in New York? And he said, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm a big supporter of LEAP. You, you may not know this, but when I, uh, he, he, was, he went to law school at Yale, I said, when I was at law school at Yale, I uh, I was a LEAP counselor for a year, and it really made it possible for me to survive the first year of law school, right? And so, you know, it, it, the, the impact, I think, um, you know, we, we often think about it as the impact that it has on little kids, and uh, but it also has a big impact on the high school and college students and, and how they go on and, and live their lives. Mm. So, Henry, do you, do, you, do you think about these conversations that, that schools are having across the country about how to educate kids? I mean, because you could have opened a school. I mean, you could have, I mean, you have that talent. You could have opened a school, but you didn't. You, you did this. Uh, do you get in those conversations? Do people ask you your opinion about, well, what, what do you think kids need? What do kids should be learning and that kind of stuff? Do you have a, an opinion about that? You know, I, it's interesting. I actually, uh, we had about a two-hour meeting yesterday, uh, a group of us who are, uh, uh, who um, are uh, directors of, uh, youth agencies in, in New Haven are working uh, to develop uh, literacy strategies, phonics-based literacy, literacy strategies consistent with 
what the Board of Education, the shift the Board of Education is making and that uh, or New Haven Public Schools are making and that um, the, the mayor's office is uh, kind of uh, targeting and that there's been this huge discussion about. And so we've been quietly meeting to talk about you know, folks like uh, LEAP, um, New Haven Reads, uh, Boys and Girls Club, um, others, uh, you know, talking about how can we be supportive? What can we do uh, to um, make sure that kids are getting some of that uh, literacy instruction, um, particularly phonics-based, science, uh, scientifically uh, kind of uh, based uh, literacy instruction um, uh, after school and in summer camps. Still, the majority of that should be social emotional learning, should still be um, introducing kids to, to things they can't do in school. But how can we provide that extra support? Why do I do this instead of schools? Um, I think uh, in some ways the schools have become um, so focused, uh, not New Haven schools uniquely, but uh, around the country, they've become so focused on uh, trying to develop a workforce, uh, students who are ready for a workforce, right? And, um, you know, and, and as a result, a lot of other things have, uh, have suffered. Uh, and, um, one of the things I really value in LEAP or organizations like LEAP is that we're not so focused on where a kid is going to wind up. We're very focused on where the kid is now, where that child is now, and the opportunity for that child to have a full childhood, right? That it's not just about, well, this child, when they become an adult, will be valuable to society. They're valuable now and their uh and and society needs to value them and uh, a place like leap really embraces that that idea right and so you know we want kids to camp to you know do overnight camping go to, go into the wilderness experience that or to play sports and and enjoy them even if they're not going to the nba or or what have you right but to enjoy childhood um for childhood's sake not because it's going to raise their test scores or something like that, right? Or it's going to make them more career ready. We do that work. You know, we, we're the largest employer of young people in the city, certainly, but, um, and, and we care about that and we try to be a good employer. But we also care very deeply that children get to be children, that they get to go camping, not because camping will make them better at something in the future, but because children, particularly children of color from low income neighborhoods, deserve to be campers. They deserve to learn how to swim, to be excited uh, about it, uh, to go back and, and talk about their childhood, uh, you know, as they get older, talk about their childhood as the amazing things they did and the places they went and, and what they tried. And I, I think that with that, you know, it, it, all those other things will work themselves out about the future. Uh, but we need to tackle poverty. We need to tackle um, lack of opportunity, not just for what it will say about the future, but what it means for our children now. And uh, yeah, so I, I guess that's why I'm in it, right? Like, that's why I do this. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, sometimes it's, it's, it's big picture stuff. And sometimes it's just, you know, knowing that, uh, uh, you know, that, that there, if you do this kind of thing, well, um, and you try to, uh, improve all the time. We don't get everything right. Um, you will have those generations of young people who now are in leadership positions, um, uh, you know, uh, around the state, in our city, and across the country. Um, even if you don't focus on 
uh, on uh, the future as much as just making sure that you do what you do here now well for these kids who deserve it. Mm. Do you miss city government? Do you miss running <laughs> city government? Do you miss it? Oh, gosh. Uh, not really. Not not most days. You know, maybe when uh, I need a street light fixed or something like that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but most days I'm really happy where I am. Like I, you know, I, I have the great fortune of, um, you know, being in a in an organization at Leap where there's all of this young emerging talent, you know, certainly the, the children we work with, but also watching teenagers, um, you know, uh, make these plans about where to go to college and try to figure that out um you know and uh, it's um you know figure helping raise the the funds to be able to uh make sure that um high school kids have jobs you know and that our our 14 year olds get a bit of a stipend too and you know that that um that brings real value i will say you know uh Working in city government was very could be nerve wracking, right? The politics of it could be nerve wracking, um, but it's it's a lot more high pressure to to work in in uh, in a youth agency because you're worried every day about every kid getting home safe, and they're your responsibility when they're you know, not just me, but you know all of our employees. They're our our kids, um, our community's kids are our responsibility when they're under our care, and sometimes you know uh, kids will break a leg or or an arm, and you know. You, you, that that is more nerve wracking than probably a, any role I had in city government. Hmm. So, do you think you'll you'll consider public office <laughs> again in your me. life? You're pushing me here, man. I, I, I love I'm just, it. I'm just I mean because I I I I know you and I know you and I know the work that you've done and I know the good that you've done in the city and you know. Yeah, I had to ask the question. So. I, I mean, I, all the yeah, talented I people. Yeah, yeah, I, I appreciate the question. I, I don't think so. I kind of like, you know, when, when I walk into a room, nobody thinks that I'm there to like try to get elected to anything. They just think I'm there for what I'm there for, which is to try to figure out how to solve problems. Um, and, you know, it means that, uh, you know, people understand what LEAP is and they understand my role in LEAP, right? And uh, I don't think anybody thinks that I'm there for some other reason. I like that. You know, I, I think there's when you're in politics, um, there's you can do amazing things, right? I mean, you can make a big difference. And I think, you know, the work that I was able to do that um, others were able, that, that I, you know, that I was able to watch others do um, has, in fact, transformed the city. The city is fundamentally different than it was, you know, in, in uh, you know, 1992 when we started LEAP or in, I guess, 99 when I went into work in city government, right? It, it is a different place. Um, and there are things that we still need to figure out and work on, right? That that uh, you know we we need to figure out how a growing city um, is growing for everyone, you know, and and how we have um, uh, you know as biotech buildings go up, how does that create jobs uh, for for everyone in the city, and how does that uh, create political power for everyone in the city so they have a voice in this city as it goes forward? And I mean everyone, right? Whether that's um, you know, a, a family in Newhallville or a family that's just arrived uh, from Mexico. Um, you know that this is a uh, this is a, a an amazing city because it's so diverse. And um, city government, uh, state government, they give the opportunity for uh, making big changes, sy systemic changes in people's lives. 
So I think that that's really important work. It's not where I am. You know, I, I I'm trying to build a uh, with uh, build a great team to lead an amazing organization, and we have a great team. So I feel like I've been successful in that. I do. I enjoy going, you know, downtown and saying like, "Hey, Gateway Community College." I had something to do with that, right? Or, um, you know, seeing the the work that so many people um, in city government did to rebuild the schools, and you know, so so we have some some very nice school buildings, and and having been part of that, I feel good about. Um, you know, those are all uh, those are all things that that I can feel good about in my hometown. But what I what I love doing right now in my life is this work at Leap and the uh, and the amazing community that we've been able to to build there. And and gosh, I mean, we're we're now in the process of um, uh, working with the city to to uh, to potentially extend our uh, relationship at the Q House for another five years, which has been wonderful to bring um, that uh, with our team in, into operation and to work with the advice the q house advisory board work with the board of alders uh to and the uh, the mayor's office to to bring that um to uh, reality um has been exciting and um it'd be hard to do that if if uh, uh if folk if i walked into a room and folks thought i had political ambition so i'm i'm good where i am and i enjoy people saying oh that's the guy from leap and he wants to get the q house open and and be supportive of you know, the QS advisory board and the board of alders and the mayor's office in, in making that possible. So uh, any thoughts to a, writing a, a memoir or or uh, a book on what you've learned or what you know thus far? You know, it's interesting. I, I well, first off, I feel like I am far too young to write a memoir. I hope <laughs> I hope I actually do something else valuable in my life. Right. Before, you know, before I get to the age of uh, memoir writing. Um, but thanks, Bab. Now, uh, Bab, <laughs> you know, like, you know oof. shouldn't you write a book now that you're pretty much done? I'm like, oh, I no. Oh. But I, I think, I think, I think you like have du, be like Du Bois, where it's like you have to write four times because you live, you know, for a hundred years. Well, you got like a bunch of books, right? That's not a bad thing. But you, you have a wealth of experience that not a lot of people have. I mean, you, I mean, you, you watched, uh, uh, you created a youth serving organization. You've been in city government. You're an attorney by trade, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, a thing or two. So, um, and I, and it could add to the landscape of, of all the discussions. I mean, you're a black man. And so you stand at the intersection of race and, 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 and all that. I mean, there's a lot to unpack that I think would be compelling um, uh, to add to the to the larger conversation of the day. Well, most people actually only only know me now as just being married to Kika Mato. So <laughs> you know, <laughs> this younger generation, they're like, "Aren't you Kika Matos's uh, <laughs> Like I uh, ever did anything here? So, or you know, they know me as Mr. Henry, the guy from Leap, right? So those are the kind of my my two. My my two claims to fame, right, is you know my my wife is a great drummer and an activist and uh, and uh, uh, leader and and I'm the I'm Mr. Henry from Leap, right? So <laughs> I, I think look, I think we ought to we ought to spend more time telling our stories, right? I, I think that, that you know what what you do and what the uh, what the independent does, uh, like these like uh, I can't remember what it's called, but the stories on the street. I think yes, yeah, I think those are wonderful, right? I think telling the stories of this city, you know, um, I was, uh, uh, at the, 
uh, Q House, we had the honor of, of hosting the memorial service for, for George Edwards. Um, mm. And uh, I just came across um, in the archives uh, at the Q House, um, the uh, uh, front page story when uh, the Panthers were arrested, um, including uh, uh, including uh, him. And, uh, you know, and all their pictures were across the front page of the register. And, you know, it, it it's, I realized I was like, wow, we, we have to make sure these stories are told um, and shared, and we need to be a place that can collect those stories and uh, and share them uh, because, um, you know, and not only was he uh, on there on the front page with his picture, uh, but so was uh, Warren Kimbrough, right? And, you know, so, um, and, and we think about, you know, we're now, uh, that generation is is passing away. Um, how do we make sure those stories are captured? And but then you know th those kind of uh, stories on the street um, are also really interesting and powerful. And it goes back to the leap year dinners. It's people telling their stories, right? And the things they've studied and the the experiences they've had as a journalist or as a uh, uh, as a filmmaker or um, as a as a chef, right? And that these stories are are uh they kind of weave together in this amazing fabric that is new haven um so i love i love what you do and in, in telling people stories and giving opportunities to people like me to tell a story uh tell my story um or leap story uh is 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 it, it, i think it brings us all together i think but, so we've come a we've come a mighty long way henry fernandez you and i <laughs> we've come a mighty long way that's right that is right that is so, right all right, so um, I want people to uh, go to the to the uh, Leap site. There's still time to get tickets. I, don't be like me and wait 28 years to get to a damn dinner. You could go this year. <laughs> Leapforkids.org/lye. If you don't, if if you want to be in person, we still have some in person dinners. A lot of the dinners are sold out. So, and and I think the rest of them will sell out this this week. So, or over the uh, over the next week. So please uh, go uh, leapforkids.org slash L-Y-E. Um, and uh, uh, we have uh, in-person dinners and we have, uh, for those folks who'd rather do something virtually, um, we have virtual dinners. They're just super fun, super exciting, great way to hear from somebody brilliant and meet some of your neighbors. Hmm. Now, do you, before I let you go, because I know you got to go, do you, do you go to a bunch of them during that night or do you just settle down at one place i tend to settle down at one place because i i i uh host the uh the virtual reception um and this year we're giving out um uh some uh, some wonderful awards to people who've been supportive of new haven children uh generally um but uh leap specifically so uh, Tony Walker is getting an award um, this year. Rosa DeLauro is getting an award this year. Um, and uh, uh, so I, I host that. Um, and uh, uh, But I usually go to one dinner on Thursday. Most of the dinners on, are on Thursday. Uh, this year, I'll be going to the dinner in New York on Thursday. And then um, I go to uh, a dinner on Saturday. So I'm, I'm, I'm one of the people who winds up at, at two dinners. Um, but it's Virtually impossible to do more than one dinner a night, um, and definitely with me going to New York, I'm 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 a one dinner man. Uh, <laughs> I think I convinced Pika to come with me to dinner in New York. So <laughs> that sounds like a sounds like a lovely evening, and the weather will be nice. So 
who knows so i hope so i hope so yeah i mean it's uh it, the weather's a little crazy right now i know we're we're, we're having virginia in connecticut i That's love it right. after we I had alaska oh. I, <laughs> I love it thank you so much henry fernandez it is always good to see you and talk to you i appreciate it and no, uh no, there you. you go there's the event right there that's so, right forkids.org slash lye and uh uh get your tickets and and come on down and have a great time thanks Thank Pat. have a good one i'll see you soon you too Bye -bye. all right happy friday all right harry i'm out thank you Hi, harry drills for a wonderful week from New Haven, and uh i'll see y'all on and monday wnhhlp 103.5 fm streaming live at newhavenindependent.org listen baby ain't no mountain high ain't no valley low ain't no river wide enough baby if you need me call me no matter where you are no matter how far don't worry baby just call my name i'll be there in a hurry you don't have to worry cause baby